This is the story of Peter and the Wolf. Peter and the Wolf was a spirited and very inviting children's piece written in Moscow by Sergei Prokofiev just as his whole world was about to fall apart. Prokofiev wrote all over the musical map. Dark, complex operas. Shimmering ballet scores. The thorny and challenging war sonatas for piano. But some of the most endearing, memorable music he wrote was for children. He had an affinity for children. His trademark in these pieces was to create pictures from the music, a remarkable gift of his. This piece from his suite called Winter Bonfire has train imagery written all over it. Not to mention a sense of exhilaration and adventure. But Peter and the Wolf was the one that swept the world. He wrote the text and the music together after returning to Russia from years abroad in New York and Paris. He had been back and forth since the 20s, struggling with the question of where to settle, says Prokofiev's biographer, Harlow Robinson. But in 1936, he made the final decision to actually close the Paris apartment and move back to Moscow. It was an uneasy moment. Stalin's purges and the show trials of the early Bolsheviks were about to begin. That was mainly in 1937, but the atmosphere was already changing in 1936, and that was something obviously Prokofiev had not been counting on or thinking about when he went back. Soon after he arrived, he was approached by a gifted and enterprising woman named Natalia Satz, who became the catalyst for Peter and the Wolf. She ran a children's theater in Moscow and took the bold step of asking the great Prokofiev to write a work for a performance there. Prokofiev, who was a no-nonsense, non-procrastinating brand of genius, liked the idea and went right to work. And it happened really fast. You know, he wrote the whole piece in two weeks, something like two weeks. I mean, Prokofiev could write very, very fast when he was sort of onto something. Prokofiev wrote his fairy tale with music about a boy, his jaunt to the meadow, and his adventures with some local animals, most notably a wolf. What's amazing is how quickly and how thoroughly the piece was embraced by America. Walt Disney, of course, was among the first to be interested, and he and Prokofiev met in Hollywood in 1938. One of the great modern composers, the late Sergei Prokofiev. As retold by this Disney movie. promotional film. Now that was a long time ago. Back in 1938. My dear children. Then the recordings began. Each character of this tale is represented by a corresponding instrument. In Serge Kusevitsky and the Boston Symphony Orchestra were the first to record the piece in 1939. Richard Hale narrating. Sounds positively creaky to us now. The Duck by an Oval. Basil Rathbone made a recording of the work in 1941. On the branch of a big tree sat a little bird, Peter's friend. And the piece got a lot of play during the war years, when America and the Soviet Union were, after all, allies. Soviet culture had a shining moment then in the U.S. With the LP came a new wave of recordings. Early one morning, Peter opened the gate and went out on a big green meadow. 
By that time, it had become such a phenomenon that Eleanor Roosevelt had a go at it. On the branch of a big tree sat a little bird, Peter's friend. All is quiet, chirped the bird gaily. And there was a Boris Karloff version. Soon a duck came waddling round. She was glad that Peter had not closed the gate and decided to take a nice swim in the deep pond in the meadow. Seeing the duck, Jose Ferrer, the little bird flew down upon the grass, settled next to her and shrugged his shoulders. Children's TV favorite Captain Kangaroo, a.k.a. Bob Keeshan. Aha, thought the cat. The bird is busy arguing. I'll just grab him. So quietly she crept towards him on her velvet paws. Sir John Gielgud. Look out, shouted Peter, and the bird immediately flew up into the tree. There's a Sharon Stone version. Look out, shouted Peter, and the bird immediately flew up into the tree. Leonard Bernstein, of course. Grandfather was very angry because Peter had gone out into the meadow. This is a dangerous place, he growled. Suppose a wolf came out of the forest, then what would you do? A David Bowie version. And the wolf walked round and round the tree, looking at them with greedy eyes. Just then, Itzhak Perlman, the hunters came out of the woods. And literally hundreds more. Imagine the triumphal procession. Peter and the Wolf might even be the most recorded classical work ever. And this modest children's piece became an absolute must-hear. The growth of radio made it even more of a staple, as generations of children sat mesmerized by this audio story. But because they were children, they didn't know anything about the real-life circumstances that surrounded it. In the fairy tale with music, everyone did live happily ever after, but not Prokofiev. Because many of his friends were being arrested, even executed. And his first wife spent eight years in the gulag. So Peter and the Wolf was sort of just before this terrible storm (laughs) that overtook him and so many of his friends. Prokofiev went on to write great music during the worst of times. Those two weeks he spent writing Peter and the Wolf were among the best for him and for American kids who could sit still long enough to listen. It's Fishko Files. I'm Sarah Fishko. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, the New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for the New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.